Welcome to the Queenfidence Lifestyle Podcast with image confidence expert, Christy Kennedy. She turned a pink slip into the life of her dreams. Imagine having the confidence to do anything, the boldness to speak up in any setting, and the power to unleash who you were destined to be. Happy New Year. This is all about you. Welcome back to a brand new, fresh Queenfidence Lifestyle. I am super excited to start the year off with a dynamic speaker, coach, trainer, you name it. She has almost done it. And there's so much more because we we are infinite beings. Our potential is limitless. But we are going to start off with our quote of the day. And that is, there are no mountains, only steps. There are no mountains, only steps. What steps are you planning to take in this brand new year? What steps are you committed to taking in this new year? Let me introduce our beautiful guest sitting with me today. Oh, my heavens. Well, I told her this morning that she is the sister to Queenfidence, and she is the author of Confidence. We have Patricia Stark of Patricia Stark Communications. It's a personal and professional development training company working with entrepreneurs, corporate executives, training and development professionals, celebrities, authors, and news anchors. I'm telling you, the list goes on. Patricia has worked with Fortune 500 companies. We're talking 2,000 plus ladies. Yes, 2,000 plus. So she is not new to this. She is true to this. And not only that, but Patricia is passionate about empowering individuals to overcome their fear of speaking in front of the camera. Have you ever been there? (laughs) 20 years of experience. She's rooted and grounded. Her new book, Confidence, teaches you how to trust yourself, tame your inner critic, and shine in any spotlight. Listen, I could go on for days about her accolades, but I want her to teach you today. This is her masterclass and you are most welcome, Patricia. How's it going today? Uh, Christy, thank you so much for being here. And I mean, for having me here. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate your positive dynamic energy to start off this new year. I think we've all been just so... Uh, overwhelmed by the last two years. And we are also hoping that 2022 is going to be different. And to start the new year off as my first interview with your energy and your positivity is truly a blessing. So thank you so much for having me here. We are honored to have you. And I mean that with all of my heart. Well, I would love for us to dive in. One, to just to get the backdrop, who is Patricia? We've never Uh, heard of you. We've never met you. Tell us the juicy, juicy core. (laughs) Wow. It's like, how do I like not be that over talker and try to explain who I am from over the last five decades? Good goodness gracious. But what I can tell you is Patricia is a reformed, shy, scared person that has self-doubt and still get stress and anxiety. And as much as I've overcome so many of those things and teach my clients and students how to do it, I'm here to tell you that it's still the thing that makes us all human, that we all have in common, that the ups and downs are a continuous process. And 
hopefully we look at it as a way to grow throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. But there is no one person. And that's the greatest gift I've gotten from all of the people that I've worked with. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how famous, how rich, how successful. Everyone is struggling with something. Everyone has doubts and fears. And we all have those ups and downs. And, you know, we're only seeing the best stuff that people are putting out there, their highlight reel all the time. But that just is not reality. And if we can all just finally admit that, that we could all help each other a heck of a lot more if we weren't (laughs) just trying to constantly pretend that everything was perfect. You said so much, I'm telling you in a nutshell. And I love that you shared a piece of your vulnerability because, you know, looking at your success, people forget that there is a heartbeat behind the brand. And I love that's where we we start. We ground with that because they think that if you get to a certain level that, oh, it's it's just lifestyles of the rich and famous, but we are still human. And that's what we want to emphasize on today. Well, Well, tell us a little bit more about, you know, when you were in that space of being shy, timid, you know, what were some of the things that challenged you the most? Yeah, you know, we, I grew up in a family. I was, I had loving parents and great siblings, but you know, we really didn't have much. But you know, my father worked in a shoe store. My mom worked in a factory. You know, I was the kid that grew up watching my friends all get things that I just, you know, couldn't get, and my parents would try to explain why. But I had a roof over my head, and I had a happy family, and you know, thank God for that. But I just was really shy, and I, it was just that personality type. I think, you know, struggling. My mom always used to say that when she was growing up, uh, that her books were her best friend. Mm -hmm. She would keep them under her bed and, and she would go read them because she just didn't really have that in her to go out and, you know, be all the social butterfly. And I guess I must have gotten some of that um, from her. So it was really, you know, trying to go through your life, uh, struggling through that. Plus, um, TMI uh, alert here, I wet my bed until I was in the fifth or sixth grade. And it was, I guess, a medical problem back in the day that they didn't know how to uh, deal with at the time. And, um, you know, I'm just going to lay it all out there. We had no Depends. We had no adult diapers back then. So, you know, I would wake up freezing cold in the morning, feeling really bad about myself and having to go into school and face people in a time in, you know, when you're starting middle school where kids can be mean, it's a really tough time of your life anyway. So, you know, through that process of adolescence and, you know, becoming a woman and all these other things, I had that other layer to deal with that made me feel bad about myself, you know? And, you know, I'm, all people have all kinds of stories and, you know, there's, there's tragedy, there's things that, you know, affect us. And, you know, I always say to everybody, don't, whatever happened to you, even if you don't think it was as big of a deal as what's happened to somebody else, it still was your truth that hurt you or made you feel bad about yourself or was your burden to bear. So, you know, don't like minimize the things that you feel that you're going through, that you're struggling with. Yeah, sure. Of course, there's people that have really um, monumental things out there. And, you know, you got to count your blessings when you're not one of them. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of like my clients will feel silly Mm -hmm. about the things, the baggage that they're carrying around, or they'll say, well, you know, um, I didn't have a major tragedy in my life, but my father talked to me really bad. Like I didn't count or I didn't matter. So, you know, I could go on and on with the examples, whatever it is that was your struggle that you were dealing with, it's a valid thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to, you know, acknowledge it and explore it with people and not minimize it just because you think, well, you know, I really shouldn't be complaining. I really should suck it up and, you know, feel like it wasn't a big deal. But 
it, it, it's not true. We, we all have those things in our past that we will carry around like luggage if we don't deal with them. Ooh, carry around like luggage. I was working with my mentor coach a couple of days ago. And when you said that, I thought about at the end of our session, I came up with the conclusion was I'm not a, a prisoner to my past one and that my history doesn't determine my destiny. And in addition to that, it's the remnants of remembrance. It's what I remembered. And it felt like I, I was still there, even though it happened 30 plus years ago, watching yes. my dad and mom fight. And it's affected how I show up when I have to tell my truth. And I'm concerned that it may lead to conflict. And so yes. I avoid conflict. And we, you're absolutely right. What we've experienced, it it impacts us, but we have the power to change and, and like we have to do that inner work. So talk, yes. uh, talk about the inner coach and the inner critic that you've been training individuals on. How do, how do we recognize one versus the other? Yes. Well, first, uh, you hit the nail on the head about saying we have to do that inner work because that's where everything stems from. You know, mm. everything is within. You, you, you've heard the saying, the kingdom of God is within. Yeah. Uh, you know, where everything starts is within. And so often when we are feeling stress and anxiety or feeling like we're not enough or feeling bad about ourselves, we look for distractions rather than going inside in that scary place and facing that. You know, I had worked with a psychologist who was one of my mentors when I was getting some of my certification and trainings. And he literally took me through an exercise where I had to visualize going and meeting with myself as a little girl and basically saying, you know what, it's okay. Like you've grown up now. You're a woman now. It's time to say goodbye to that little scared child that was inside. And, you know, that can be something that can resurface at different times. But, you know, as we were talking about also before the show about when you were comparing what I like to talk about in the book from, you know, your inner coach versus your your inner critic, your our inner critic is something, again, that we all share in common. It's that little voice in the back of our mind that really is our only, it's, it's our scared inner child. And it's usually trying to protect us, but it's coming from a very, um, you know, primitive place of knee-jerk reaction. I'm going to assume the worst case scenario. That way I can plan for it. And it's constantly walking around this heightened state of, of anxiety and worry and stress. And our inner coach is the voice that we use to talk to ourselves once we hopefully get some maturity and some wisdom to be able to do so. Because we can't listen to both voices at the same time. It's like that old angel devil that you see in commercials and movies, right? So you have to choose. Like, you know, you see them. You see them. They either look to the left or the right. Who am I going to listen to? So it's the same thing. The inner critic isn't going to go away, but we can take our inner coach and say, look, all right, you're going to go sit in the corner right now because I've got work to do. I'm going to come back and deal with you later. But right now, I'm going to talk to myself and I'm going to say, you can do this. You are good enough. You do have the right to be here. You are here for a reason. You were given this fingerprint that nobody else in the entire world has for you to be able to Touch the world in a way that nobody else can, no matter who you compare and despair against. There will never be somebody that went through what you went through, has the DNA that you have, and that has the mission that you have. I feel your passion. My goodness. She has me in tears, ladies and gents. Wow. 
Yeah, when we own the beauty, I think about the Japanese and their art tradition, kintsugi, when they take a broken pot and they repair it, but they seal it with gold. And it's not to hide the imperfection, it's to celebrate and appreciate its beauty. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. That's actually a step beyond another uh, analogy that I'd always heard was that the cracks are where the light gets through. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. But to be able to, once the light has come through, then to be able to solidify it in gold one step further, I've never heard that. Thank you for that. That is a gift today for me. Yay. <laughs> iron sharpening iron here with feeding wow. each other. Love it. Yes. Yes. So the inner coach versus the inner critic. So, because I know a lot of individuals say, Christy, you're so positive, but they don't realize I'm surrounded by 21 vision boards, six vision books. I've been doing this work in my head for 20 years and it doesn't stop. So how do they develop their inner culture? Do you have any practical examples? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, like a mantra will really help because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to drown out the negative voices with something better. So one of mine recently, because, you know, we've all been dealing with this pandemic. I just published a book in September and this whole idea was to get out to large audiences, have large workshops, you know, be able to really be out there with people. And it looked like we were heading in that direction. And then suddenly, boop, nope, Eh, wrong answer, right? So that can be an incredibly discouraging. And you're like, gosh, I worked so hard to try to bring something to the world that I know can help and benefit people. And then you get like these wrenches and these speed bumps thrown in it. So my current mantra has been encouragement, determination, and joy. And I just keep saying that to myself, stay encouraged, have that determination and find joy in the moments throughout the day that you can by just being in the moment. So whenever I get those discouraging thoughts or, you know, feel that, oh gosh, you know, whatever that negative, you know, voice of the day is, I will just say, nope, encouragement, determination, and joy, encouragement, determination, and joy. And I happen to be a person of faith. So I will couple that with, you know, God, please thank you for blessing me with encouragement, determination, and joy. Then I'm not working alone. Then I feel like, okay, you know, I got a partner, my pilot, uh, you know, in this, you know, guiding me. So, you know, those are the things that I fall on, you know, immediately is my faith. And then saying that over and over and over, because your, our brain, our subconscious, uh, and I'm sure people have heard this in other different, you know, books and and from authors and and, and personal and professional development is that our subconscious will take whatever we give it. It doesn't know the difference between positive and negative. It's not going to say, oh, no, no, stop thinking that. It's just going to say, your wish is my command. If you're (laughs) telling me I'm not good enough, then I'm not good enough. Mm. But if you're telling me that I am enough, then I will believe that too. It's it's literally like a, pro, a computer that we're programming. So it is worth the the constant effort. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, I'm just a pessimist, you know, speaking about themselves. It's so hard to be an optimist. And I'm like, well, you know, at some point, you can't just say and label yourself that this is who I am. You got to, you know, put on your big boy girl and big girl pants right. and say, no, as an adult, guess what? I get to choose my thoughts. I am the boss of my brain. I get to say, no, I'm going to be more positive and it might be hard, but boy, oh boy, is it worth the effort? Because if you don't make that effort, what, what is the alternative? 
And having gratitude, again, we, when you and I were chatting at the beginning uh, before we went on air here, mm-hmm. it's like, what, what can we be grateful for? I mean, studies 100% show mm-hmm. that the one mm-hmm. thing that cancels anxiety mm-hmm. is gratitude. Mm-hmm. It literally changes our brain. And you know, to, even if we sometimes feel like there's not a lot to be grateful for, which I get that, you know, when we're being bombarded and we're being hit from so many angles and so many things seem negative and, and can be hopeless, it's like, you have to say, do I have eyes to see today? Am I able to eat a meal? Am I able to see a loved one? Like sometimes it's like, we have to just go back to the very foundational things and say, hey, you know what? I have two friends that were women that didn't get to live long lives. And am I dishonoring them by not making the most of my day? I get to be here. They don't. It's something so simple. So simple. Wow. They, they can fill us up. I've been on this word, zeo. It's Greek for fresh living waters. And my affirmation is, I am the well. Because you think about the times that we're living, somebody is thirsty. They're thirsty for a word of affirmation, hope. And especially as leaders, somebody's coming to us and we are the well. But how do we fill that well up? It's with this gratitude. Yes. And you're, you're so right when you say, how do we fill this up? You know, people will say, you know, reach out to others, mm-hmm. be a volunteer, try to help uh, others who are going through problems and things. And while that's great advice and that hundred percent helps us, we have to be able to refill our cup and recharge our own batteries first. And I talk about this in the book. Sometimes it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to take a break from happiness. It's okay to take a break from positivity because because sometimes the work can be exhausting. Sometimes you need to just retreat and take care of yourself and just have silence mm-hmm. and do something that's going to care for yourself, whether it's you know just taking a walk or being alone or, or writing in a journal or going out and walking and seeing pretty things that you appreciate, <laughs> whether it's in a store or <laughs> along a lake or you know what, whatever it is that makes you feel like this is... This is who I am at my core. This is what I need right now. This is what I want to do to make myself you know, feel a little renewed or, or rebuilt again. And again, that may be your faith. It may be talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. It may be doing something physical or mental. I mean, you know, you fill in the blank. You have to say to yourself, what makes me feel mm-hmm. you know, better again? And sometimes it could just be doing nothing. Doing nothing sometimes is doing something, mm-hmm. but you need to not all just wallow in there forever. You need to say, okay, I'm going to retreat, but then I'm retreating so that later I can reemerge with force and I can come back with a full tank and have more to give to others. Mm. Reemerge with force. Woo-hoo! That sounds like Wonder Woman, honey. <laughs> My goodness. Well, Patricia, I would love for you to just touch on this because in that space that we're talking about, giving yourself permission to take time for you. This is the number one thing I hear from women in leadership is they, want, they, they know they're overcommitting and they want to pump the brakes. But guilt is the number one emotion I'm hearing. How do you speak to that woman who's feeling guilty about even taking the time and the guilt is not even allowing her to create the space to retreat? Yeah. 
I think that we really need to ask ourselves, what are we feeling guilty about? Why is that guilt there? Like, what's what's that about? Like, I find that I'll catch myself sometimes doing something that I know is going to help me in the long run, either recharge my batteries, help me deal with stress and anxiety, or when we get depressed about anything or discouraged about things. I know that I'm doing things and then I'll catch myself in the middle of doing those things and I'll be thinking about what else I'm supposed to be doing or what else I should be doing or what else is on that that list of goals that I have. And it's really that practicing of just being in the moment. You know, we don't live just right now. We're either living yesterday, regretting, wondering, second guessing, thinking about what could have done differently or why'd that happen. Or we're living in the future saying, I need to achieve this goal. I have to do this. I have to be here. I have to do this for this person or whatever it may be. And um, Dale Carnegie wrote a book in probably like the 1920s. I mean, it was decades ago called How to Stop Worrying and How to Start Living. And he talks about living in daytight compartments where no man or woman can live thinking about yesterday, today, and tomorrow and not lose their minds, not get overwhelmed. And how when we are younger, often we are you know, very in the moment. We're not necessarily worrying about yesterday or the t- you know, tomorrow or whatever, but as we age, we start to take on so much responsibility and so many things that we think we have to get done and, and who we have to take care of and what we have to achieve that we have a million balls in the air and we're in this constant mode of juggling. And something's going to drop because we're going to get exhausted. Mm -hmm. So to be able to just live in these daytight compartments, he says how anybody can get through any day if we live it just from the time we wake up Mm -hmm. until the time we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Because if we take on anything else, we're Mm -hmm. going to break. Mm -hmm. I chunk this down even further with my clients who are dreading a difficult conversation or dreading a 20-minute presentation, or maybe it's an author or a health professional or someone that's going to get interviewed by the media and it's like a three-minute thing that they're dying a thousand deaths about leading up to it. I mean, you fill in the blank of whatever it is that you're dreading. Mm -hmm. We can dread something that's only going to take 20 minutes or five minutes or one minute and, and, you know, experience it for weeks Mm. and hours leading up to this and then ruminate about it for hours and days afterwards. Right. So I talk about chunking things down. Okay. This is the hour or this is the half hour. I'm going to plan. I'm going to worry. I'm going to visualize, you know, whatever it may be and then move on. Mm. So, you know, we all talk about, you know, planning our day and doesn't that sound great? And yes, while that's great practices, we don't necessarily plan our worries. We don't Mm. plan our focuses. We don't plan the things that we're going to have stress and anxiety about. We let it just live with us nonstop. And that is exhausting. So set an egg timer and say, for these five minutes, I'm going to worry about this thing. Mm-hmm. And after that five minutes, then I'm going to write down, well, what's, what, what's really in my power? Mm-hmm. What can I do that will take action that will help me be more prepared for that difficult speech or more prepared for that job interview or more prepared for that? You know, it's okay to worry because it can make us sharp. It can make us say, okay, what do I need to do to protect myself here or prepare myself in, for this situation? But then it doesn't serve us well after it starts debilitating us and making us freeze in our tracks. So 
cut, chunk yourself out time so that you can have super productive worrying, super productive anxiety, or super productive, um, even, you know, um, mourning mm-hmm. of things that, you know, is of loss or whatever it may be. But then end that moment in time that you've designated mm-hmm. because now you've really given them that, that concentrated attention mm-hmm. that it's been pulling at you with. Now you can move on to a little bit of freedom because you haven't just been letting it kind of fester there. You've given it the attention it's asked for. Now you can move on to something else. That's good. That's so good. But I think about, you know, in our daily lives, as you mentioned, if, if it's constantly with us, and hence going back to the words you use, super productive, but most of us, we do want to be productive. We want to have energy, but this is a, what I call a power leak, that worry, if we stay there too long. Right, right. You know, and and to learn to say no, it's okay to say no. You then are in the driver's seat. You, if you spread yourself so thin, what are you really giving to people? You're not giving your best to everybody. So to really kind of prioritize things and know when to say no and know who your priorities are, what your priorities are, so that you can give them the bulk of your your energy and strength. Because if you just keep spreading yourself so thin, who are you gonna, what kind of strength are you gonna have for anybody? That is a mic drop moment, ladies. <laughs> yes. I live by Warren Buffett's quote. He said, say no to 99 things and yes to one because I was Miss Debbie on the spot. Yes, 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 I can help. I can do it. I'm the motivator. I'm the inspirational one, right? Everybody's love this yes. good energy. And I got to the point, Patricia, where I said, I want to be able to enjoy my own energy. And that's yes. when I stopped saying yes so much. And it yes. was high quality activities that, that absolutely lit me up because if I feed it, I want it to feed me back. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we've heard the analogy of when people fly and, you know, if there was, if the plane was going down or lost, you know, air compression or whatever it may be and that, um, you know, the, uh, the oxygen mass drops down and they always say, give it to yourself first so that then you can help the person next to you. It's that same analogy. You, you've got to oxygenate and save that life force of yours and nurture that first so that you can save others. Because if you wear yourself out and and you just aren't going to have anything to give you, your cup that you usually pour all over people will have nothing in it to run over to help others. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. This is dynamic. I know we're coming close to the end of our conversation. So I want to create space for you to be able to share with us from the book, the four pillars that we discussed earlier behind the scenes. (laughs) Yes. So the first pillar of the book, which is the first uh, part or or section is everyday confidence. And I say it like that because people here, they want to hear confidence, but it is the, it's the beautiful hybrid blend of calm and confidence, which was what all of my clients and students were seeking over the years. And thus why I ended up naming this, this book. And we can be confident, but we, we want that calm too, so that we can think straight, that we make better decisions so that we're not, you know, second guessing ourselves. So in everyday confidence, it's really was the foundation of what anybody could use it. Cause I wanted this book to be for not just people that were afraid of public speaking or that had to be in front of the camera and suddenly, you know, we're getting nervous. It's, it's that everyday, what are those confidence killers that we can identify that really take away our calm and cause us anxiety, take away 
away our confidence. So there's a whole list of things in there, whether it is the compare and despair or the shadow people, or what are they going to think? What, how are they going to judge me? You know, all those people that we're worrying about that may not even exist. And, you know, those different things that, you know, take away that common confidence. And then what are those confidence boosters that are out there? Like we talked about gratitude, what we choose to focus on, you know, self-care, all of those different things. And then the second pillar and um, part section was resilient confidence. You know, what do we do when we aren't feeling so great, when we need to take a break, when we've been knocked down and how do we build ourselves up and find that grit and, you know, speak to ourselves kindly so that we can build our ourselves back up again and have that resilience that we so need that everybody needs. And then the third pillar is communication confidence. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not just for professional communicators. We have to communicate every day. Public speaking is really all speaking unless we're sitting alone talking to ourselves by ourselves in a room. Otherwise, we are communicating publicly with our family, our friends, our community, whatever it may be. But it comes down to what are we saying first? What is our self-talk? How are we communicating with ourselves? That is the first foundation, that internal communication of all outward communication. So we've got to get that right first, or at least nurture that first and do our best self-talk and that kindness and that inner coach that we talked about. And what are we telling ourselves about a story before we get into that communication situation? What are we telling ourselves we deserve or not deserve? or have earned or not earned or are good enough or not good enough, all of that internal dialogue will completely influence your communication skills in public speaking, your voice, in interviews, uh, in daily communications, in dealing with confrontational phone calls or coworkers or anything like that. And then the last pillar is natural confidence, which is what are those nature's little secrets, those remedies, those those foods, and those um, different things that we can and eat and drink and do that will rejuvenate us and actually, you know, give us calm. You know, there's so many studies that show different foods like celery and bananas and dark black cherries and all these things actually create melatonin, actually help us um, with our stress levels, help us sleep, help calm our stomachs uh, so that, you know, when you get that, that little, ooh, like that, you know, people get a lot of that nervous stomach when we're, you know, dealing with stress and anxiety. And then, finally, those mental exercises. How do I calm my mind? Mm-hmm. How do I settle my brain so that I can have a clear mind and think straight? So, you know, I, I just tried to make this book be chock full mm-hmm. of all the things that I've used, that clients have told me about. I've, I've gotten so many great mm-hmm. tips and tricks from performers and people who are, you know, pe- professional speakers and entertainers and musicians and, and wow. authors and you name it. And I tried to get them all into this book uh, as a guide for people. Wow. Talk about power packs. I'm, I'm just sitting in it. <laughs> Ladies, you have to get this book. My heavens. And I love how you even touched on the food because we don't hear enough about what we eat and how it can impact, especially for individuals such as myself, when it's I'm under the wire, the deadlines, multiple things that are happening. And it's like, okay, I know what to eat, but that stress eating takes me in a different direction. And so it does. It does. But there are 
things in here that will feel like comfort food that can help and to make choices that will, you know, not stress you out. Like there's studies about caffeine and how, yes, it's our friend when we want to get up and get motivated. (laughs) But at some point we reach that tipping point. Mm -hmm. Studies show we can't think straight. We get agitated. You know, when spiders in this one test by NASA were given all these different heavy hitting drugs, caffeine was the biggest culprit that they couldn't spin their intricate webs. They couldn't think straight. So they see that this gets wow. people agitated. It, it helps us mm-hmm. not, you know, collect our thoughts and, and be sure-footed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many different uh, things in here. Sugar, I mean, things that, yes, they're comfort food for me too, but we have to know what is our limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to deprive ourselves, but don't go overboard because then you're going to flip to the other side where mm. then it works against you and not for you. Oh, that's so good. We are not flipping in 2022 <laughs> to the other side, ladies. <laughs> there are no mountains. There are only steps. This has been such a rich, juicy, flaming conversation. Thank you for pouring out your life force into us today. Patricia, I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you. I know I got to get this book. I'm telling you. Oh, well, Christy, thir- first of all, thank you. And I love that there's no mountains and only steps. That is a beautiful way to start off 2022. So Patricia at patriciastark.com is my email. My website is patriciastark.com or confidencebook.com. And um, you can find Confidence on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, your favorite bookstore on Audible. We have the audio version of it that I was blessed to be able to narrate myself. Um, and if you go to email me or you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Patricia Stark Communications on Instagram, anywhere. I will respond. I do Zoom uh, meetings and coaching. I don't just work with celebrities and do large events. I'm doing one-on-one training all week with people that are looking to just build their common confidence in many, many different ways throughout their lives. So I would love to hear from you. Oh, yay. So sweet. So sweet. Reach out to her. And if we could just close with one confidence mantra, do you want to leave us with the last words that we'll be meditating on throughout our day? If it is to be, it is up to me. And that was beautiful words that I read from Norman Vincent Peale way back in the day that really stuck with me because it you are in the driver's seat. Yeah. You, it is up to you. Mm, I love it. Beautifully stated. Thank you again. Thank you all for tuning in to one more fantastic Confidence Lifestyle. And we have much in store for you in this brand new year. But remember, you have the power to prevail. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Queenfidence Lifestyle Podcast with image confidence expert, Christy Kennedy. May you find the strength to stand and the courage to conquer insurmountable obstacles. Visit us online at www.queenfidence.com. What is life without sparkle? You were created to shine. It's time to do what diamonds do. Wellness is wealth and life is limitless.